Welcome to the Kaleo Life Podcast. You can find more resources for gospel living and information about us by going to our website, kaleo.community. Enjoy today's sermon. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your faithfulness to us throughout this year. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for the work that you are doing in us and through us. Lord, we thank you for your spirit that is with us. And we thank you that you are our father. We belong to you. We are members of your family. We have been entrusted with the ministry of reconciliation. We thank you, God, for all the blessings that we have in your son, Jesus. Lord, as we reflect back on 2023 and your faithfulness, I pray that um, we would be encouraged by your word and we would grow. We would see your work in us. We would grow in our love for one another, in our concern and care for one another. Please speak to us through your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so this is basically what we're going to do pretty much every year since I've been a part of Kaleo. What we do on the last Sunday of the year is we uh, look back. We have a sermon titled, Looking Back. And we basically just reflect back on what God has done uh, uh, in his faithfulness or, yeah, what God has done for us in his faithfulness, by his grace, by his love, by his mercy. And then what we do on the first Sunday of each year is we have a sermon called Looking, can you guess? Looking Forward, right? So this one is Looking Back. The the next one is called Looking Forward. And as I was thinking and praying about this, uh, God brought to mind Philippians And so basically what I would like us to do is to spend the next two Sundays, this one and the the following one, in Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. And so I want to read all of those verses. Today we're only going to focus on verses 3 through 7, maybe 8. Yeah, probably just 7. And then next Sunday, Lord willing, we're going to focus on 8 through 11. 11. So let's read these verses, uh, and I'm going to ask you to stand, if you are able, for the reading of God's Word. Philippians chapter 1, starting in verse 3. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always, in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy. Because of your partnership, in the gospel, from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you, for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. 
And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. This is the word of God. You may be seated. I'm thinking we, sh- we should preach through Philippians at some point. It's such, a, such an encur- encouraging, positive, optimistic letter where Paul is just, you know, speaking about the love that he has for this church. And so uh, t- today we're going to focus on this particular prayer of Paul that he writes here in Philippians. And uh, as we look back at the year 2023, my hope and my prayer for all of us is that from this prayer, we would be able to find at least three reasons uh, for why we should thank God for his work, for his grace in this past year. Um, As we look back on 2023, uh, I'm sure that many of us, all of us should, in fact, join Paul in his thanksgiving, right? In his giving thanks to God with all joy. I hope that all of us, when we look back on 2023, I hope that we have been able to see God's faithfulness. I hope that all of us recognize with, along with, uh, with James that every good and perfect gift comes from above. If there was anything good that happened to you this year, if there was any goal that you accomplished this year, if, if there were steps in your spiritual growth and in your, in your, in your growth to maturity, anything good that happened, to you, to us as a church, we have to acknowledge that it, it is a gift from God. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. But one of the things that we, we need to be made aware of, or remember if you already knew this, is that Paul is writing this letter to the Philippians from prison. He is writing from prison. He, he's very likely in Rome And we gather from this letter that before the Philippians sent a gift to Paul, we gather from it that he was not doing so well financially. We gather from this letter that he was probably, he he probably spent many days hungry. We also gather, this was probably, this was maybe, I don't know, but maybe a later imprisonment. We learn from from 2 Timothy that he was cold. One of the things that he asked Timothy to bring is to bring a blanket, right? So he was not enjoying all of these comforts in the world, but he was actually in prison. And yet he is writing this letter of thanksgiving to God with joyfulness. And so just like everything good that happened to us in 2023 is a gift from God, my prayer is that even in the midst of suffering, even in the midst of the disappointments that 2023 brought, even in the midst of, of the, the illness and, and suffering and disappointment and just bad things that happened to us in 2023, my prayer is that we would still be able to join Paul in saying, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, right? He's writing specifically to the Philippians and he's saying that he's thankful to God for them. But my prayer is that all of us would take on this attitude of thankfulness that Paul has and we would be able to thank God for everything 
that happened in 2023, whether it was good, whether it was not so good, right? And one of the things we see here in Philippians about Paul's attitude is that he tells the Philippians, I have learned the secret of contentment. And the secret is that he can do all things through Christ who strengthens him, right? He knows how to live in, in, in need and in abundance. He knows how to live uh, with hunger and with plenty. He knows how to live in whatever situation he finds himself because Christ is his strength. Because he strengthens, strengthens himself in the grace that is found in Christ Jesus. And so my hope, my prayer for all of us is that as we look back at 2023, as we look forward to 2024, that we would remember the grace of God, that we would be strengthened in the grace that is ours in Christ Jesus. And that with Paul, we could say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and that we can thank God. So here are three things from this prayer, from, from these few verses. Here are three things that we can be thankful to God uh, for this year. One of them, oh, sorry, one thing I want to say before we go to these three things is that, as I already mentioned, every good and perfect gift comes from above. So these things that Paul is about to mention, these things that he is thankful for, these things that we will think about in terms of being thankful, we need to remember that it's all because of God's grace, right? We're going to mention some, th some good things that have happened here at Kaleo, but we need to remember that it is God's grace. It is not because, you know, we're so smart or so clever or any of that. It is because of God's faithfulness. It is because in his grace, he has decided to use us for his glory. And therefore, he deserves all the credit. We deserve none of the credit. God is the one who deserves all the credit. And that's why Paul says, I thank my God. He's not saying, I thank you, Philippians, for your faithfulness. No, he's saying, I thank my God for your faithfulness. And so my hope is that all of us would be able to say, we thank God. Not necessarily we thank Kaleo or the leaders of Kaleo or the people of Kaleo or, or anybody else, but we thank God because ultimately everything that we have is because of God's grace and faithfulness. So the first thing that we thank God for is that he has made us partners in the gospel, right? So Paul writes in, in, in verse three, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. So one thing to be extremely grateful to God for is that he has made us partners in the gospel. Is that we are, uh, we are in fellowship in the gospel. We are working together for the gospel. Let's think about the gospel for a minute. The gospel is this unbelievable message of God's grace. This is the most important message in the world and we get to partner in this message. This is the message that God forgives sinners like us. This is the message that we are 
completely undeserving. This is the message that we, or undeserving of God's grace, we are deserving of hell, of punishment, of wrath. But this is the message that God, in his mercy, in his grace, he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. To take the punishment that you and I deserve because of our sins. And not just for our past sins, but, because, but, but for the sins that we continue to commit. But God placed all of those sins upon Jesus. Our sins were nailed to the cross of Jesus. And we were forgiven. This is the message that we get to partner in. This is the incredibly good news of the gospel. That our sins have been nailed to the cross. They have been blotted out for eternity. And we get to be partners in the gospel. And so here are, here are two different uh, maybe aspects of this partnership in the gospel. One of them is that we are partners in our growth in the gospel. In other words, we get to grow together, right? Remember when we, when we talked about the gospel, one of the things that we talked about when we talked about the, the DNA of our church is that we are brought into a community. When we are saved, we are brought into the family of God. We are brought into this community and we get to grow together in this gospel. We get to remind each other of the gospel. We get to be used by God as instruments for the growth of our fellow brothers and sisters. This is amazing. Each one of us is a priest to God, right? That, that's, what, that's what we read in 1 Peter, that we are a nation of priests. And it means that each one of us can go and teach the gospel to our fellow brothers and sisters. Each one of us can encourage one another with the gospel. Each one of us can shepherd each other with the gospel. We get to grow together. We get to grow alongside. We get to partner in this gospel growth. We get to encourage one another. And some specific ways that, I, that I've seen this gospel growth, this partnership in the gospel, and, and I'm only going to mention four, but, but the, the growth in the gospel that I've seen is not limited to these four. These are just four examples that I see I have seen this gospel growth in our gospel communities. I am extremely thankful for, for our gospel community. I have not been a part of Jordan's gospel community, but I'm sure Jordan is grateful for that. It's good, all right? Uh, and it's just so encouraging to see God at work in our gospel communities. It is so encouraging to see people encouraging one another, uh, nurturing one another, discussing the Bible together, discussing the word of God together and bringing the gospel to bear in the lives of each other. So that's one example. Uh, another example is our DNA groups. I'm a, I'm a part of a, a couple of different DNA groups, uh, but I've heard reports from other DNA groups and it's the same thing. These DNA groups are happening and the gospel is being discussed. The gospel is being brought up. The gospel is... Uh, uh, is bringing to bear in the lives of every person in these groups. And so I am so grateful that we get to partner in the gospel in those ways. Another, another area that I'm also extremely thankful is the Sunday school for our children. 
I am so, so grateful that our children on Sunday, we get to send them over there, not because we don't want them here. We're extremely happy that they're here, but it is also really great that they go out there into their classrooms and they hear a, a clear gospel presentation at their level. And I am just so encouraged by that. I'm encouraged to, to hear when they come and tell me the things that they've learned or to hear the songs that they're learning from the, from the New City Catechism. And it is just amazing to see that we are partnering in the gospel in that area. And then one fourth way in which we're partnering the gospel, and this one is a little bit different, um, but we are partnering in the gospel with Veritas Classical Academy. So this is a school that we actually support financially as a church. And not only that, but Jordan here, who is one of the elders of our church, is also the headmaster of Veritas Classical Academy. And so it's really great to see how God is at work in the life of other children, right? The majority of the children at this school, we probably don't even know them, but we know that they are part of God's family, a part of God's kingdom. And it is just really good to see that Jordan and the other teachers and the other members of the staff at Veritas are partnering, or we are partnering with them in the gospel to see the gospel promoted for the children at Veritas. So those are just four ways. I'm sure that there are more. I, I can think of more, but let's, let's keep moving for now. So one of the aspects is we partner in the gospel by our growth in the gospel. But another aspect is we partner in the gospel as we spread the message of the gospel together, right? So we partner as we grow, as we, as we shepherd each other with the gospel, but we also partner in the gospel as we spread this gospel message to the world, right? We saw from 2 Corinthians a few weeks ago or a, a couple of weeks ago that we have been given this ministry of reconciliation, that God is making his appeal to the world through us, through his church. We get to partner together in bringing the gospel message to the lost world, to the people that don't know this message yet. And I am also encouraged to see that this year, we have, by the grace of God, again, all of this is by the grace of God. We're giving thanks to God for all of this, but I'm encouraged to see that this year, God has entrusted us with the greatest message of all, with the message of the gospel, and that by the grace of God, we have brought that message out to the lost. And I'm gonna give three examples. Again, we could go on and talk about all the different areas, but I just wanna give three examples here for us to think about. One of them is during our gospel communities, one of the things that we do is we pray for one another. And one of the things that we pray for one another is we pray for the individual opportunities that people have to share the gospel with their friends, with their neighbors, with their family members. And it's just encouraging. I actually look forward to those, to those times of prayer when we can hear an update on, on a family member or someone that is hearing the gospel. And so it is just encouraging to me that even when we're not necessarily, you know, all as a church organized uh, going and reaching out to the one particular group of people, it is very encouraging to see that many people in the church are going out and individually sharing the gospel with the lost. And that's, that's what we're supposed to do, right? That we, again, we have been entrusted with the ministry of reconciliation. 
Now, there are a couple of other ways that maybe it's a little bit more organized. And one of them is uh, the ministry, the calling, right? The ministry that Simon and Sandra uh, started with the help of the church. And I've been encouraged just to see the growth of that ministry. It started out, it started out interesting, to say the least. It was, it, was, it was an interesting time, and we're still figuring things out, but I'm just really encouraged to see that many people that would otherwise not come to this building, many people are walking through those doors, they're going up there, and they are hearing the gospel message proclaimed to them clearly. That is so amazing to me. I, don't, I, I cannot think of any other circumstance in which people, and, and a lot of them unbelievers, would come through those doors to hear the gospel preached through them, to them. And so that is just, it's mind-boggling to me, and I thank God for that. I'm grateful for Simon and Sandra. I'm grateful for John and Leslie O'Brien, and for everyone else who is involved in that ministry. Um, and we are partnering in that. And you might say, well, how am I partnering if I'm not, you know, I've never been to, to, to one of the Bible studies. Well, we are partnering together because we're praying for them. We're partnering in the gospel because we are supporting Simon and Sandra with, you know, something small, but we're supporting them. We are partnering with them because we are allowing our building to be used for that. We are partnering with them because sometimes we have to clean messes in our building. We're partnering with them because we are sacrificing so that the gospel can move forward. And that is a partnership in the gospel. And then one more area in which we are partnering in the advance of the gospel is we are partnering through supporting missionaries in other parts of the world. And right now, the two missionaries that we have, or the two missionary families, are the Cedarlands, Nathan and Kulisa, uh, I think most of you know them, but I also realize that they have been gone for, for a few years now. But Nathan and Kulisa are in Mexico, in southern Mexico, Puerto Escondido, one of the most beautiful places on earth. Um, but the, the great thing about that is that God is granting a lot of gospel growth in southern Mexico. If you are not uh, uh, subscribe to their, to, the, to their update letters or their Facebook group or, or whatever, uh, come talk to me and I can help you find the, the group because it is really encouraging to get their reports, to see pictures and hear testimonies of the people that are being baptized, of the youth group growing, of, of the ministry growing, all the work that God is doing in Mexico. And guess what? We get to partner in that ministry by the financial support that we're giving to the Cedarlands and by the prayers that we are praying for the Cedarlands. Think about this. Paul was grateful that the Philippians were partnering with him in the gospel. It's not like the Philippians were going with Paul to the mission field. It is that the Philippians were supporting Paul in his mission, were praying for him in his mission. They were not ashamed of him even when he was in prison. And so we support the ministry and the advance of the gospel when we support these missionaries and when we, when we pray for them and when we support the advance of the gospel through them. And same thing with, with uh, Pablo and Asbel Sanchez who are in northern Mexico and they are planting a church there and God has also granted growth 
uh, uh, for them. Now, if, you've, if you read the email that I sent about our budget, well, we're considering cutting their support, and we can talk more about that if you have questions or concerns about that. We can talk more about that. But in looking back to 2023, by God's grace, we were able to faithfully support the Cedarlands and the Sanchez family as missionaries. And by God's grace, we got to partner in the advance of the gospel. So that's one thing to be grateful for, that by God's grace, we are partners in the gospel. The second thing that, that we can be thankful for, that we should be thankful for, is that the work that God has started in us, he will complete. In verse five, sorry, verse six, Paul says, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. We can be thankful to God that he is at work in us. I don't know if this happens to you, especially those of you with, you know, children at home, but sometimes it's hard to notice their growth, right? Sometimes it's hard to notice the growth of your children and, and not just physically, but also, you know, in, in maturity because you're always with them. But then you get, you have a relative that you haven't seen in a long time or a friend that you haven't seen in a long time and they point out to you, wow, they've grown so much. Or someone, you know, some outsider points out to you like, wow, your children are so well behaved or they're doing so well, right? You receive some sort of word of encouragement and you're like, you know what? By God's grace, they are growing. By God's grace, they are becoming more mature. And so I think that a lot of the times this happens with us as well, right? We look at ourselves and we know ourselves better than anybody else other than God. And we know our own sinfulness. And a lot of the times we feel stagnant. We feel like we're not making any progress. But it is good to always be reminded that God is at work in you and he will complete the work that he started. He's not gonna let you unfinished. Each one of us is, is God's work of art. Each one of us is God's worksmanship, like it says in Ephesians 2. And the good news is that God is working in us. He's not going to leave us or he's not going to let us unfinished. We know that this work is going to be completed and finalized when he returns, but that doesn't mean that he is not regularly working in us. And so one of the things that I, that, I, that I want to encourage you to do is that when you see that growth in your fellow brothers and sisters, that you point it out. I think the things that I have been the most encouraged is not necessarily when someone tells me, you're doing so poorly. Not that sometimes it doesn't call for it, right? A lot of the times it calls for someone to tell me, hey, man, that thing that you're doing, don't do it again or don't do it anymore. But the, the times that I've been the most encouraged and, the, and, and that I've made the most growth is when someone comes and points to me the work of God in my life. And my encouragement for all of us is that we would see the work of God in the life of our brothers and sisters and that we would point it out, that we would remind people of the work that God is doing in them. 
and I'm not going to get into, into specifics right now, but I can say in all honesty and sincerity that I have seen the work of God in the lives of each one of you. When I look back at, tw- at the end of 2022, and I think of this year, I can say with all certainty and with all honesty that God is at work in each one of you and that I have seen that growth. And I hope that you can say the same of me, right? I hope that you can look at me and not because, because of how great I am, but because of how merciful and gracious God is that you can look at me and look at others and say, yes, I see the work of God in your life. And I'm going to encourage you with that. Paul says later in this letter that we should be imitators of him as he is imitator of Christ. And I believe that one of the things that we should imitate Paul in is in his encouragement for the church. And so I believe that we as members of the same family, as partners of the gospel, I believe that we have to imitate Paul in encouraging one another, pointing out each other's growth pointing out the work of God in the life of each other. That we would stop criticizing people, that we would stop judging people and only pointing to their flaws, but that we would point to the grace of God in them. That we would consider how work, how God has granted them growth and remember that God is not done with them and God is not done with us. And it's a work that he will continue to do until he returns. So that's the second thing to be thankful for, that God is working in us and that he will finish that work in the last day. And then number three, the third thing to be thankful for is that although he will finish his work uh, at his return, His grace is evident in us now. So in verse seven, we read, Paul says, it is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of, of Christ Jesus. Paul is encouraging the Philippians and telling them, I see the grace of God in your lives. I see the evidence of God's grace in your life. And and the one thing that he focuses on is again, that partnership with him in the gospel, that partnership of him being in prison and, and, and that. But one other thing that I see, and it's a little bit more implicit, is that he sees the grace of God in that they love one another. He sees the grace of God in that he loves them and they love one another. And he encourages them later in verse nine to increase in this love. So we see God's grace in us through the love that he has granted us to have for one another. Christian love is a result of God's grace in us. And that is something that we can be thankful for, that we ought to be thankful for. If you think about it, don't think about others, just think about yourself. You're not the most lovable person out there. I mean, I'm, I'm, I know I'm not, I'm not the most lovable person out there, 
And yet God in his grace and in his mercy placed me here in this church and showed me his grace by miraculously, literally miraculously allowing you to love me. And that's what he does for all of us, right? He's placed us in this church and by his grace, by his power, he has given us a supernatural love that we have for one another. He has given us a supernatural love that despite of our our, our problems, our, our, our tendencies, our weird personalities, and all the defects that we have in his mercy. We love one another. Some ways that I have seen this love this year, and I want to point to a few specific or somewhat specific aspects of this love, is um, I have seen the love that God has given us for one another in our generosity toward those who are struggling. I I have been amazed to see how whenever a need has been brought up about someone struggling financially, I have been amazed to see how the church comes together and people have given sacrificially and generously toward that need. And that is a display of supernatural Christian love. Another thing that I've seen and, and that I've gotten encouragement from is that the, the love and concern that people have had for those who are sick, for those who are suffering, and on, on a different note, for those who just gave birth, right? That is, that's one thing that I love about this church is that whenever uh, a lady in our church gives birth, the church comes together and families sign up to bring him a meal. And, and that's, you know, again, that's just a great display of Christian love. I'm, I've also been encouraged to see of the Christian hospitality that we have shown for one another. And I know that I'm, that I'm probably not aware of half of the times that people have each other over to the house, but the times that I learned that someone had someone over for their house, I'm uh, over to the house, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged to see that God is giving us love for one another, right? Especially in a culture that just doesn't hang out with each other anymore. And so it is so encouraging to see that we as a church family, we can practice that Christian hospitality and have others over uh, to our house. Another aspect is just seeing the life that we live in community. And I mean, this, this has been exemplified by the things that I've mentioned before, but just again, this idea of understanding that we are a family, understanding that we have this affection of Christ Jesus for each other, that we have each other, uh, uh, that we hold each other on our hearts, just like Paul holds the Philippians on his heart. It is very encouraging to see this happening here at Kaleo. And again, God is the one that gets all the glory for this. And then one more, one more uh, example of this is when we pray for one another. And arguably prayer is you know, it's, it's more of a secret thing a lot of the times, but it, it is encouraging to know that when we are going through suffering, when we are going through difficult circumstances, it is so encouraging to know that your church family is praying for you. And so with this, I actually want to encourage you to let other people know about your needs and your prayer requests, because how are people going to pray for you if they don't know what you're going through? Right? So this is an encouragement for us to continue to practice this 
familial love that has been given supernaturally to us by God. Let us strive to continue to grow in our love for one another. Uh, I'm reminded of another passage here in, in, in Philippians, in chapter 2, verse 3, where he says, uh, let's do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. That is Christian love, right? When we count others as more significant than ourselves. When we put ourselves and our needs in second place and we say, I am going to consider the needs of my brother, the needs of my sister as more important. I am going to sacrifice so that they can be comforted. Another really practical way in which we show love to one another is when we exhort one another, right? In Hebrews, uh, I don't have the reference here, but in Hebrews, I believe it's chapter three or chapter four, it talks about that we have to exhort one another every day lest the deceitfulness of sin hardens our hearts. And so one of the things that we have to do out of love for one another is that when we see a brother or a sister engaging in sin and stuck in sin, we go and exhort them lovingly, carefully, gently. We exhort them and say, brother, sister, this thing that you're doing is not leading you to the right path and it's going to harden you. This sin is going to harden you, right? That's one thing that we do as a family. So we could keep talking about love and, and how we how we show this supernatural love for one another. But I want to move on to, to the last thing. This is, again, part of this third point of giving thanks to God for his grace that is evident in us now. And his grace is evident in us now as we suffer together, as we endure difficulties together. And this is, this is one of Paul's uh, main points here in this verse where he says, it is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Paul is grateful that the Philippians know that Christian ministry is not glamorous. He is writing from prison Many people have abandoned him, right? That's why he writes in 1st and 2nd Timothy that many people have abandoned him completely. As soon as he was put in prison, people left. But he is thankful that the Philippians have stuck with him. He is thankful that even though the gospel is not a glamorous message, even though the gospel has been rejected, even though the gospel has put him in prison, the Philippians are still sticking with Paul. And that is an evidence of God's grace in our lives. That even when ministry is not fancy or glamorous, even when the partnership in the gospel and the advance of the gospel is not something attractive to the world and gets us into trouble or, or difficult circumstances, it is, it is an encouragement to know that we are sticking together in this gospel ministry. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Um, and I want to give just one practical example. There, there are several examples, but I believe this is one of the most <coughs> uh, 
practical and, and really visible to all of us examples is that our ministry here in Aberdeen, our ministry to the poor, it's not a fancy ministry. It's, it's not a glamorous ministry, right? I mean, sometimes we, a lot of the times we, many of us have had to clean messes, right? I'm looking at, at some of you, we've, we've had, had to clean messes out there. It's not a glamorous ministry. It's not like we're reaching out to a, to a population that is going to bring, you know, all the dollars here to Kaleo. And that's not what we're here for. We're here to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ to the lost, to everyone on the harbor. But this particular ministry that I have in mind, this ministry of the calling, is a ministry that, again, is not fancy, is not glamorous. I can't say, you know, that we're in, in prison like Paul, right? He really is going through it. We, we have it a lot better. But my point here is that I have been encouraged by our sacrificial partnership in the gospel our sacrificial partnership in making sure that this ministry is continuing, that we see the value that everyone hears the gospel of Jesus, that we are partaking in faithfully fulfilling the great commission in this area, especially in this ministry that God has literally put in front of us. And so I am grateful to God for each one of you I'm grateful to God for your sacrifice, for your love, for, for your partnership in the gospel. I am thankful to God that we have stuck around even when ministry is not fancy or glamorous. And ultimately, all of this is for the glory of God. And my prayer for all of us is that we continue in, in 2024 partnering in the gospel. That we would understand that this is the calling that God has given us to promote his kingdom everywhere in the world, but for us is here in Grace Harbor and that we would continue to do this faithfully, individually or, or uh, in organizedly as a church in any way that we promote God's kingdom everywhere. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you have been so faithful to us You've helped us to grow in our love for one another. You have given us the mind of your son, Jesus. And we pray that you help us grow in this Christ-like attitude of considering the concerns and the needs of others as more important than ourselves. That we would sacrifice for one another that we would continue to partner in the gospel as we shepherd each other with the gospel and as we support the advance of your kingdom. Thank you for all the blessings you've given us. Thank you for the, the children that you've added to, to our church. Thank you for the new people that have joined our church. Thank you for your generosity, for your provision for us. Every good and perfect gift comes from you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.